welcome. So um, everybody, thank you so much for joining the podcast. My name is Mimi, to all things Dorothy's daughter. And if you've listened to any of my other podcasts, you'll notice that I try to find interesting guests that can give us some great pearls and can kind of help us understand that everyone has a story. And I think that today, the story that you'll hear, you're going to learn some very interesting facts. And I'm excited for my guest today. Um, this is um, Mr. Lewis, who's on the phone with us. And we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, his history, his baseball career, his family, or whatever he wants to get into. So, uh, Lewis, you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself, if you like? Okay. Uh, I'm Lewis. Um Lewis Lutz. Um, I used to be a minor league baseball player for the Philadelphia Phillies back in the 80s. I was drafted out of high school. I didn't get a chance to go to college to play, but um, I had a lot of experience around a lot of college players. And um, it was a short season, but um, it was very productive, and I learned a lot from the experiences I've had. I did a lot of traveling with the team, and, you know, I learned a lot of made a lot of friends and different cultures and people that were that were involved in baseball, you know, uh, basically like Venezuelans, Cubans, Dominicans. So I learned different cultures, different languages, and a lot of fun, a lot of fun. That's awesome. Did you play um, baseball throughout your high school years? I did. I played baseball since I was 10 years old. Matter of fact, I got a baseball wasn't even on my list itinerary to be a baseball player, really. I just happened to see, well, let me start back this, how I got started playing baseball. Uh, I was a young kid growing up in the projects of San Bernardino, and um, I saw this guy walking down the street with a uniform on. Now, me being from the country, coming from Florida and Mississippi, uh, we didn't have TV at the time, so I didn't ever know what baseball was, so I followed this guy to the park with his uniform on the game, and um, from then on, it was it was in my blood to do that. And um, I kept going to the games, to the parks, just little league parks, like 9, 10, 11 year old. And um, I would sit out that sit outside the park and watch them talk to the coaches after the game. And some of the players I went to school with, it was on the teams. And I said, I really like this, the clothes you guys are wearing. What are those called? Yeah, these are baseball uniforms. <laughs> and uh, I was like, uniforms, oh, those are nice. Can you wear them? Can you wear them every day? You know, I said, no, they're just for games. They where are you from, kid? I said, I'm from Mississippi. And um, so they introduced me to some of the players, and um, I was picked for one of the sorriest teams in the league, the last place team where nobody wanted like the misfits of all the other teams. So um, I wasn't a shining star or anything like that. I was just a kid out there just throwing the ball around, having fun, never knowing, never knowing what was going to take me. But um, as time went on, the little league, pony league, minor league, farm league, high school, um, all those years, I stayed, I stayed in the program because um, kept me off the streets and out of games and a lot of, a lot of trouble out of being in as a kid growing up in the projects. Mm-hmm. So, um, I participated in that, and um, it kept me off the streets. It kept me out of gangs. It kept me out of out of stealing and robbing. You know, I learned morals. I learned uh, teamship, and uh, I learned leadership. 
at a young age in, the, in that game. So it kind of grew on me to stick with that baseball all the way through my my youth years, throughout my teen years. And um, when I got to high school, I was already uh, pretty much settled in um, the system, knowing uh, the game pretty much well, but I participated in other sports. Um, I got interested in football. I never was good at basketball, so I never participated in basketball. I left that up to me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, I was really uh, focused on football and the changing of the season, so um, I would participate in football and um, track during the off seasons of baseball, um, I really excelled in those sports also. So when it came down time to, uh, you know, my, my freshman year, my sophomore year, my junior year, I was a pretty much a football star. My uh, freshman what position year. did you play in football? I, didn't even, I don't even think I didn't realize you played football. I was running back and quarterback and um, defensive linebacker. Wow. I had to play the varsity squad. I quit. I quit playing football my sophomore year to, to, to pursue my baseball career. Okay. I, I did most of my training off season during football. I, I just I help I run with the track team while doing their practices and stuff. Track and uh, baseball were collateral each other. They were during the same season, so I can participate in the track. I was a long distance runner, so I would train during the track season for my baseball season and. Uh, my sophomore year, I really excelled. I made varsity my freshman year at Cahoon High School in baseball. So um, that really sparked my interest. I got my first letter. I lettered as a as a freshman, and um, the whole team that I was playing with, they were all juniors and seniors already. So they pretty much had a career picked out. Um, I I really didn't know which direction I was going. And um, I didn't know baseball was going to excel in my life so much that it influenced me to go so far. But as my junior year came, I started getting all the uh, top awards, the CIA, all CIF, all league, all tournament. So um, I was a pretty much a baseball star then, but the season didn't last that long. So my junior year in high school, during the offseason, um, I think I played for a minor league team called the Pioneers which was a semi-pro team that traveled um, from San Bernardino to Riverside to L.A. counties playing um, different uh, other minor league teams in the offseason. So I didn't do too much of that. I played, but um, I played at a park called Paris Hill Park in San Bernardino for the Pony League team. I remember that park. I used to go swimming over there all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, over there by, by, by San Bernardino's hospital. Yeah. And then uh, – my that 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 year, um, I was being scouted by a few teams. I think it was the Angels and the Astros. My junior year, so um, I played out that season. I pretty much didn't hear anything after the season was over because it was time to go back to school. And um, my senior year is when um, I really I really blasted off, you know. Um, I was getting the paper write-ups. Um, I was hitting the long ball. Um, I was making all the hot shots, and I was just out there, you know, representing the team to the fullest. And um, I was named uh, most valuable player that year. And, um, and I had a captain named uh, my captain of the team, Lee Davis. So he went on that senior year. I think uh, 
two people got drafted off my team to go to college. And um, I don't think they went, but uh, my senior year, I got drafted to go. I had two scholarships to Arizona and one to Stanford. Wow. Um, I refused those because um, I, my grade point average wasn't all the way up to a, a certain level that um, I would be able to, you know, maintain the college education. But I thought I could do. I was young, didn't know anybody. I didn't know they had teachers. I just thought college is all fun and games, so um, I just said, uh, "Well, um, um, I had a choice to make. Um, I was, and I also was drafted by two teams. I was pre-drafted by the uh, San Francisco Giants, which um, they only wanted to give me a season's uh, salary." So uh, I thought about it, and um, I turned them down, and the Phillies picked me up in the 33rd round of the first phase. So I signed with them, and um, pretty pretty much the reason I signed with the Phillies, instead of going to college, because my girlfriend at the time in high school, she was pregnant with my first son. So I was graduating as a father and um, had a choice to make as a career goal to go to. I was already working. But I wasn't making enough to support a family and get an apartment at that time, so uh, the money was good. So I went ahead and signed with the Phillies just for that reason instead of going to school. But um, like I said, I was very young, you know, very naive and very ambitious and had stars in my eyes, and I'm going to go straight to the pros and I don't have to worry about none of this other stuff. My, my life will be taken care of. and. I'll, I'll be set for life, and me and my girl will have a we'll raise a beautiful family, and we'll have other kids, and we'll be young and successful, and um, my life will be a, a living dream. But um, wow. as, um, my first season leaving high school, um, right after I graduated, I was on the plane. My first day after graduation, I was on the plane the next day to Helena, Montana, for spring training. And uh, right out of high school, being 17 and um, going into a minor league situation, not knowing anything, thinking you're going to be a star when you get there, it was a whole different book of of batch of words being opened up because once you got there and you seen all the talent that they had in your field, I was signed as an outfielder. When I got there, um, I saw about 30 different other outfielders, you know, thinking I was going to be just one of the main ones out there starting and everything. I'll be out there playing and being a star and getting recognition on the local channels and everything like that. But I had to sit out half that season my first year just to get the experience of riding the bench, they call it. And, uh, wow. Let me inter- let me interrupt you just a second because if you think about you know kind of thinking about the series that I'm talking about with love and loss and how you love the game of baseball, right? You just mm-hmm. even as a little kid, you're like, what is from the uniform, you know, like <laughs> you mentioned, to what are you can you wear that every day to being a star in high school, right? And I think this happens to a lot of people, right? They love this sport whether they go off to college or your experience where you mm-hmm. went off to the minor leagues and you had to quote unquote ride the bench. Right? Mm-hmm. So that whole the love of the game, you're like, Well, hold on a second, I came to play. You yeah. know, and did you feel like an immediate loss 
writing I did. I did. I felt like a media loss. It was a loss of uh, everything I thought baseball was about. It, it didn't become a game anymore. It became a job. And uh, once you start working for a living at a game that you love so much, it doesn't. It doesn't even off to the to the passion of the game anymore. It's just the routine that you're doing, you know. You're really just there, just there participating. You know, you don't know the crowds out there. You don't hear the people cheering. You don't hear what's going on outside of the dugout. All you know is the guys that you're involved with because you eat, sleep, and live with them 24 hours a day. You never, you never get rid of them. We played, uh, I think, 320-some games that, that season. And... um I think um, we lost over half of them. So, and I'm still going to get my chance to shine. So, I thought that was a real loss in my first season. But got an impression on me not knowing that I was only going to be there three months. My first experience signing with them, coming out of high school, and I had to come back home with uh, the money that I had. I was expecting to do that, but um, when I came back, it was a uh, that's when the love that's when the love was lost of the game and of my family. You know, I, I came back a different person. It it wasn't things wasn't uh real to me in life like uh they were in baseball life. It was two different like we were more apart from society than isolated within ourselves that all you knew was the guys around you. And when you sleep and shower with guys, you know, you tend to get weary around people around you and you start watching things a little bit more closer because you have uh, certain things like being a young kid, not being around your own men, you know, a situation where showering and living situation come in, you don't know that, you don't know how to prepare yourself for those type of things as a young man. You just can't walk into that. Somebody has to lead you into that. But they don't hold your hand in that game. They they put you in there as a man, and that's what you do. You stay as a man, but then you still I don't know what that means, how to put that in any other fashion or form. But basically, you have to grow up quick. You know. Yeah. Did you do um back there? And you don't. You can say you don't feel like sharing. But did you do things that were out of your character? You know, trying to be the. You know, you're 17, but trying to be the man right in front of all these other guys. Everybody else, everyone's trying to posture and put themselves, I'm a man, right, about everyone. Did you do anything out of your character that you're like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that? Um, other thing I did out of my character was uh, didn't wait to go to college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I signed for a little bit of money. I thought that the money wasn't going to be the issue. I thought the game itself would make up for all the finances and pay, pay for itself. But the only thing I regret was signing for the bonus that I signed for because they had other guys on the team that were really, really bad, but they were getting mega millions of dollars. And uh, it was very, there, some of them were my age and some of them were over the hill, but um, it's it wasn't a lifestyle that you prepare yourself for a future for in that situation with that type of money and playing that type of game. Um, the money wasn't the issue. It was more or less the game went south. It, it, 
I played well my when I did get in, but I was out of my character because I was always doubting myself. I was always saying I'm not good enough to be on be up here in this high in this type of level of the game because I'm not prepared. And well, I last through up to the plate. And, um, then when I got up to the bat, my first bat in the minor league, I couldn't see the ball. I was sweating. I was uncoordinated. It's like I never played the game before in my life. Mm. And it was very uncomfortable. You know, I was very screwed up. I didn't know what was going on back at home. I was homesick. I was missing things. And that part, it, it, you know, deterred me from the game itself. Right, and, right. And the baseball became a burden. It became a burden instead of an institution that prepares you for for your life struggles. It, it didn't have anything in it, but it was just a struggle period. It was always competition. You were always fighting for your position every day. Even if you didn't play, you had to work extra hard in practice. Just, you know, make the coaches know that you're still there. But then, you know, they had eyes on other players. You can outperform a player that was in your position. They outperform them in practice and in batting practice and Love, love doing what you do, but uh, you got no recognition for it. You were just a number. Down the dozen, they would call a lot of players. So uh, I was very uh, uninspired my first season. I thought I played three seasons with the Phillies. Okay. First, I, yeah. I didn't even know you played three seasons. Look at that. Yeah, I, signed, I signed for a three-year contract. And, uh, I, my third season, I dropped out because uh, I got suspended for what well, I just become. Um, well, the first season, it was just, it was just, I was unprepared. I only did three months. I came home for six months after the first three months of playing. So they used six months on the, on live action, and they used six months on home duty. You six okay. months on and six months off. So the first six months back home, it wasn't anything I was prepared for to prepare myself to go back after six months. I had to train. Work out, work, take care of my family, and try to do all of those things. And I was a kid, and not knowing a lot of that, my first six months back home were kind of rough. Me and my girl, we broke up. Uh, my son, she moved to Los Angeles, and I stayed in San Bernardino with my mother and my family, my sisters and brothers. So. The house got too small, I guess, and I had a season to go back. So that season came around those six months. I did a little, couple of part-time jobs, had an apartment and everything, and money pretty much ran out of my contract. So um, the six months was up. Um, I went back, and I finished the six months, the second season as a starter. They moved me up to double-A baseball. So I was really, you know, I was really good. I was, matter of fact, I was the best on the team. Absolutely. What do you think changed? What do you think changed with your first season? You know, you're like, oh man, I did feel like I seem like I could even I got play. to play. I got to play. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I should mention that. I went in. I went in as a starter this time, and when I went back in spring training, we had. Um, I made it through spring training as an outfielder, and um, they moved us to a town called uh, Bend, Oregon. And um, that's from Helena, Montana, being the farm league, being Oregon single A program. So they moved me to Bend, Oregon, and um, I really succeeded there. I was really getting down. Um, but then, they, then I had an injury in my knee, 
and um, doing men's season, they put me back down to Helena, Montana, my first place where I started. I, um, my knee, I had surgery on my knee and um, kind of crippled my career. I had to sit on the bench again and watch a lot of action go by, but eventually my knee healed, and before the season was up, I was playing again. And um, I did pretty well um, with them for those six months. It was the hardest six months of my life. I was missing my mom. I was missing my girl. I was missing my kids. I was missing my car. I was missing everything. I was just a mess, but um, I thought about what I went through those six months being back home the first time. I said, well, this is the place for me to be right now. So baseball became a love again. It became more a part of me than anything I ever experienced before. I mean, it, it opened my eyes to, to the beauty of the game again once I started excelling in that high that higher form of, of the game. You know, I was really excited. I said, I'm, I'm going to be the star again that I was. So I was building up that clout and that collateral with other players. You know, they're backing me, and uh, we was backing them. We had a good team. A lot of Dominicans, you know, we had an all-black team, matter of fact, in Oregon. Wow. Except, for, except for our pitchers. Our whole infield and, and our catcher was white, but no, our catcher was black. But all our pitchers were white, you know. Basically, third base, all out there were all black. But half of them didn't speak English. So the whole outfield, I was in the outfield with two Dominicans, and uh, my second base and my third base, they were Cuban. My second base and my first base, they were from the States. So uh, we, we we were the starting nine, so we, uh, we did good that season. And um, we didn't make it to the World Series of that, that year, but we did finish third place. So I came back home after that for another six months, and I didn't make it back after that. After those six months, my career was over. Um, the streets ate me up. Um, I got caught up in head trips, and I started losing my mind, and things weren't normal to me anymore, and I, I lost the will to, to do anything. I didn't want to even go on anymore. I lost, felt like I lost everything in my life, and Baseball the last thing I had to hold on to, the last love and the first love. So I lost that. I felt like I lost everything. I, my family, I felt nobody believed in me anymore. And I started really being hard on myself. And things just went south and the bottom fell out. And I never made it back to baseball. And um, I never did anything to pick up that loss. So, uh, Feel that 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 space in my life where that it took so much of my time growing up and seeing all the things I've seen, the traveling and all of that was over. All of the traveling and the friendships and the strong friendships, even the other love that I lost during the game that I that I would see other women during that time that I would have to leave them and you know you never was stable anywhere. You yeah. never got comfortable. You always have to go up and go, you know. So, you know, it was a it was a, it was a difficult life, basically. Yeah, what what made you? What made you? If I could back up one second, what made you think that? Um, or you know, what things were happening or not happening that made you think that your you know your friends and your family didn't believe in you anymore? Was there some specific things that you can recall that made you say you know feel that way? Um. 
I can. I felt it was more or less on me. It's what I was seeing the changes in myself. I wasn't changing the way everybody else was at that age. It felt like I had already reached a peak in my life where everything was already done. But there's no more, no more else to live for. I've done everything in the world. I've seen everything, and I've just done it all. There's nothing left, so I, I kind of drifted away to myself and blocked everybody else out. And um, that's when the that's when um, things started really getting bad for me in my head. You know, I started getting confused, and confusion would turn into loud noises and and um, it was just it, it flashbacks of things that had happened to me um, as far as my career. Like, I would have flashbacks of hitting on runs all the time instead of focusing or looking for a job. Or I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think that I was, I was better than anybody else, but I just felt like I didn't, nobody else equaled up to what I've been through. I think mm. No, I can't explain it, but it's no, that, that that makes sense. I mean, hate to inter- you know, sorry to interrupt you, but even you know, the previous podcast that I had, where you know the the person was saying that she lost her baby, but she was taking her new baby to the grave with her to visit the baby that wasn't there, right? But she didn't, she wasn't able to love the baby she had, and that's sort of like you know, you you lost your career that you thought. You had planned your life and had this plan, and you were busy looking behind. You couldn't look forward. Exactly. Yeah. It basically touches on what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And along with that, I wasn't taking anybody else with me, though. It was just me. I just wanted to to see a day where the confusion would go away, the, the noises would stop in my head, and about the game and everything. Now I can look back and see that kid that was carrying all that. You know, it really wasn't much of a, a heavy burden, but it was a support outside of that I was getting home. I wasn't getting here like I was getting there when I was playing baseball. Mm. I, I'd have nobody backing me as strong as my team members did. And I came home to a whole different country. Right. I came home for war. Nobody knows the experiences you went through. Nobody knows what you've seen. Nobody knows the situations you had to deal with. Nobody knows the decisions you had to make. And all that just went out the window. It's like, oh, well, you, you didn't make it. I came home, like, oh, he didn't make it. He's back home. Mm-hmm. He's just like anybody else. You know, what happened to him? What happened? That's all we hear. What happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? You know, right. Like, and, um, Man, that has I to think, be tough. You know, I, I'm... I'm sure that was a tough time for you. Yeah, at the time of being so, I, I, I blame it on my age. I, 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 I took the right steps, do a little better, and had that background support. My parents didn't know. My, my stepdad and my mother, they didn't know anything about that. They just didn't want to see me leave and mess up my life. I was, I was young, and so I said, I'm not gonna mess up my life. I'm gonna better my life. That's the way I thought of the kid. You always see things opposite of what they are sometimes, and fantasy of it comes to reality, and the realism of it doesn't really hold water to what anybody else is telling you, because you already got to figure it out in your head, you know. So 
That didn't work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you think I'm figuring it out on your own. You know, no. I, I always, you know, I talk a lot about connecting, being with people and talking about things, you know, and I know in, in, in my family, a lot of us didn't talk about a lot of things. Um, right. Do you think that, you know, or, or what do you think could have been done differently? I'm not saying you said it yourself. It, it was on you, not your family's fault. But other people that are listening, maybe they have a kid going to be drafted. You know, what is, how does the family support or how could the family have supported you during that time to, to maybe help you get through that? Always have a plan B. Mm. Yeah. You, prepare, you prepare yourself for the, for the worst of things. Don't prepare yourself for the best of things. The worst of things are, are show themselves first. Then the, the rest is an easy street. You got to have a plan B, something to fall back on. You can't just go in with expectations of being a star like you were coming out of high school or college. You're going to have to do the man game. It's, it becomes a job, like I said. It doesn't become a game anymore. When you start getting paid to do something, it's work. So you have to work more more than 100%. You have to tear yourself apart. You have to pull yourself back together. You do all that on your own. There's nobody there to hold your hand. Anymore. Right. So you have to love yourself you on, your, love own. Yourself on right. your own. Yeah, yeah, very much. Basically, that's what you have. You got to really know yourself if you really want to make it to any type of pro game. I could have went both ways, football or baseball. I didn't want to get hurt. But eventually, I got hurt in baseball anyway. So that's, that's kind of like what threw my career off. And when I messed up my legs, I felt like I really was a diamond dozen. So. Yeah. That that the the game didn't go out the door. Just my attitude went with it when um, the injury occurred, and I really can pick myself back up. Right. I, I just feel like um, I was an asset or 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 in a good expense. Be paying, get being paid as a professional player with an injury. I knew I wasn't gonna make it. So yeah, that's that's kind right. of my, my career ended really after the injury. Uh, yeah, but you didn't let it in you, right? No, no, I didn't. I, I, I recovered long, a lot of help. <laughs> Not a lot of help. Well, a lot of support, I, I might say. Not help, support. I had to help myself. Right. Yeah, I had the support, though. My mom, yeah. her dying, she on her dying bed, she told me, son, you're going to be okay. Just remember who you are. You know, you are somebody. So, yeah. That's what she always told me. So, and um, I'm not saying that you know if you if you do get a chance to see that lifestyle, you're gonna have fun. You'll you'll do traveling. You'll see all parts of the states of, of the United States. You'll meet interesting people with different cultures, and different ways. You'll you have a lot of fun, you know. But you gotta love yourself. You gotta, yeah. you gotta, you gotta separate yourself from a lot of things about yourself that you that you think you know that you're used to. You have to rebuild and structure your whole world around what you do. And once you do that, it's hard to let loose anything else and learn anything else about something. So if you're really devoted and dedicated to doing that, you do it. But that goes on with anything in life. Anything in life that you involve yourself that you're doing, you have to be dedicated to the fullest and willing to strive and grow in that position. So, 
So I, after that, I never found a career that suited me as well as baseball. So I, I kind of, I'm kind of blind to the market of the work field because I never got the experience outside of warehousing, the security guard job training, just stuff for six months. That I was back, I had to make petty money, you know, survive till I go back to play ball. Mm-hmm. But as that went over, my disability got worse. And I lost, I lost, I lost a lot of time, a lot of time dwelling on what happened to me in my past that caught up with me. And but I pulled myself through with a lot of prayer and a lot of, a lot of, a lot of self searching, soul searching. Right. I had to find out. You decide what was I about, and I'm not going to continue. Be on the failure life trail, the failure life trail that I've been on. I've been walking this path, um, but I've seen a lot of a lot of U turns and a lot of dead ends in my life. But it hasn't stopped me to be who I am right now. Yeah, I think that's important too. To, to even you know, just everyone that's listening. Um, as I've been talking about love and loss this month, it's you can't have one without the other, though. Had you never loved baseball, your loss wouldn't have been felt as greatly to you, right? But you still were able to have that experience that not a lot of people are able to have. And you, no one can take that away from you, which is awesome. Um, but to, to, to continue to say, I'm going to, okay, i got to figure out how to go on, that's the whole purpose of all my discussions I'm having with People, even, you know, you as my brother, everybody don't know it, I'll say it, but understanding everyone has a story. And if you cannot allow yourself to love and be vulnerable, then you will never have loss. Or you'll be fearful. If you don't love, you know, you'll be fearful because you're scared of a loss, you know, maybe in relationships or baseball or whatever it is. After that loss, after that loss that you, you know, you bring up, everything I love. Things I've lost. And I told my mom that, and she said, "Tell me, never say that." Mm-hmm. Yep, because there's, there really is no one without the other. And I think we think we're like, oh, that little pain. Sometimes it's like I would say death by paper cut. You know, it's like, oh, this is just too painful, right? Yeah. But we don't grow as humans or grow as people unless we lose. And that's what I'm learning over this last few weeks of these discussions. Um, it's scary. But mm-hmm. if you're not vulnerable and put yourself out there, you can't love or lose, and you're just numb. Exactly. I've learned to open my, I've learned to open doors on my own again to find love. But I've never found the one that I've lost the most that hurt me the first time. You know, yeah. it seems like a chain reaction on everything I've done to make those mistakes. They seem to come back on me, and every time I get close to somebody that I feel like I'm gonna really make it with. Mm-hmm. It dissolves. It dissolves just like alcohol and water. It just fizzes away. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't solid. It's nothing solid. No foundation. No. No. No eye to eye. I love that love has to do with. I, I don't have it. This is yeah. well, the opposite sex or anything. I don't. I don't believe in marriage anymore. I was married twice. Well, I was engaged once and married twice. And 
me being who I am now at 55, um, I feel that there's more for my family, my, my children to see and for me to see in them than to visualize what I have to go through again starting over at this time of my life. Yeah. I just make sure their their love isn't lost like mine was destroyed. You know? Sometimes I touch on something that I see in my son Darrell now. I just got him back after he's been kidnapped after since he was three years old, they took him from me and sixteen years later he shows up at my door. And um, I thought the love I had for my own son went away too a couple of months ago after not being with him after 16 years. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's something in me that um, that's going to have to take the light switch on to, to show me to, to really feel like I love you. Yeah. You love yeah. But you got to, it's the fear. There's, you know, I, I, I kind of give this visual. Your heart is wrapped in brick, and you don't want anybody to touch it, you know, because you're afraid of hurt and what it could impact. How could it impact? I'm not a therapist. I keep telling everybody that. But I know fear drives a lot of our behaviors and the fear of what what coulda, woulda, shoulda, right? But we really have to focus on the present and how are we living in the now because you can't control the future and we can't change the past. Right, but how do we enjoy life to the fullest in in well, the time that we're in? It's 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 not an easy task. You gotta well, my situation is um you have much time in your hands as I do. You try to think of something to do each day to make your day complete. I take it one day at a time. Uh, my struggles are much easier that way. I forget about what happened yesterday. To continue my days on as I as I wake up, I say my prayers when I wake up. I say my prayers when I go to sleep. So my day is already taken care of in God's hands. Without the love of the Lord, I wouldn't have any love at all, you know. Because that's the only light I see that really op- that guides me to my footsteps, you know, to make these days count, to to mean something to myself, to have a purpose. You know, to find that purpose is to succeed in it. You know, it's just an everyday thing for me. It's like a adrenaline rush. Like, I got to find out what I got to do today to really make myself feel satisfied that I've completed my day to my to my own way. So yeah. it, just, it doesn't come easy, you know, but I have new friends now, and I can go places that um we have activities. We go to ball games. We go to racetracks. We go to we go. We just have fun. New friends that I have. So that's you know. good. That, that's yeah. that'll then maybe that'll start. You know, bringing down the wall of, of the fear of of falling in love again, right? Or, or thinking you deserve it, or, or whatever the issue is with that. Because I believe that you can. Well, I'll find out one day the right person will come along. I don't feel like I'll be the right person to come along. <laughs> They have to find me come my way because I'm not going to get in anybody else's life and make it part of mine because I don't want that to happen. They have to open up their own book. I'm not the naughty, shiny over, believe me. I'm not here to save nobody. Right? Exactly. People got to save themselves, right? Save themselves, yeah. Yep. That is for sure. Yes. 
Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want to share about your career and any last words you want to give the people? Um, um, well, pretty much don't let my, what I say influence anything negative about the game of baseball or negative about the way you should love somebody. Just keep the faith and and walk that path that you pray for, and you will endeavor. I mean, you'll overcome. Just try to overcome like I did, and with a little hard work, you'll get back on the right path. So just keep your head up. Stay strong and believe in yourself. Awesome. Well, Mr. Lewis, thank you so much. I love you, sis. I love you, too. I appreciate your time, and you have a wonderful day. You, too. I appreciate you, too. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. I hope everything goes well. Bye-bye. Bye. You have just listened to another fantastic episode of All Things Dorothy's Daughter and this month's series, Love and Loss. I want to thank you for listening. Today's podcast was a little longer than my normal podcast, but I think that it was very relevant and very worth your time. I hope that you find value in it. Please go on and share with a friend. Let me know how you think this podcast is going. Send me messages on Instagram at all things Dorothy's daughter. That's my Instagram name. So you can find me. Please subscribe. Tell a friend. My call to action for you is to take one pearl, share it with another, share this podcast, and continue to relish in both sides of the coin of love and loss. Because without one, there is not the other. Until next week on Tuesday, make it a wonderful day.